Hello, and welcome back to the Iowa Type Theory Commute. I'm Aaron Stump, and we are talking about lambda encodings in this that is Chapter 6 of the podcast. And we were talking about the church encoding, and now we've, we're transitioning to talk a little about an encoding called the Perigo encoding. And the Perigo encoding, which was invented by a great French researcher, Michel Perigo, uh, who's had a number of really amazing results in this area, uh, this encoding was is designed to solve the one nasty little Achilles heel problem of the church encoding. If you recall from a few episodes back, the problem with the church encoding is that you cannot efficiently get the subdata of a piece of data. By subdata, I mean when we're talking about inductive data, we have bigger pieces of data built from smaller pieces of data. So you build three from two by applying the successor function. So two would be the subdata of three in this terminology, the immediate subdata. Uh, and the problem is with church encoding, you have to compute every function as a fold. And that's really powerful for a lot of cases, but for things like predecessor of a number or tail of a list, or in general, an accessor function that's trying to get the immediate subdata of a piece of data, this is not a good way to do it, to do a fold. You can compute the predecessor that way. As I mentioned, Stephen Cole Cleaney, a great computer scientist, uh, who was a student of Alonzo Church, has figured out a clever way to do it, to compute the predecessor as a fold. But no matter how you, clever you are, you're not going to be able to get a constant time predecessor. So Cleaney's predecessor and all the predecessors, not only that exist, but that can exist, as Perigo proved in a late 80s paper, all these predecessor functions take linear time. That's no good. Linear time to get the tail of a list, that's terrible. You're going to throw off the asymptotic complexities of a lot of functions. Not all your functions. Some functions that don't need to compute the uh, sub immediate subdata of a piece of data that can just operate purely as a fold, those would be fine and would, not, would be usable. But other ones that actually do need to get tails of lists and things like that explicitly, uh, you're, you're toast. Your encoding is going to not be workable. And in fact, it's for this reason that many people think the lambda encodings are kind of just this intellectual curiosity and couldn't possibly be practical because the church encoding has this serious problem. The Perigo encoding fixes the problem in a simple and obvious way, which is to, to say that uh, your fold function for your, your data type is presented not just with the uh, value, values obtained recursively for the sub, immediate subdata, but also with the immediate subdata themselves. So, where the, for example, for natural numbers, where the church encoding says, uh, the number says, for any type you want, any type x, you give me an x to x function and an x, those will be the interpretations of successor and the interpretations of zero, and I will give you back an X because I will take your success, the function you've given to me to use as the interpretation of successor, and I'll apply it however many times uh, I, I choose to apply it as whichever number I am to the number you gave me as the interpretation of zero. Okay, so we have an X to X function and an X. The Perigo encoding says, you give me an X to nat to X function, or that nat, that extra argument that's been added, is for the predecessor. 
So this combining function or this, this interpretation of successor is going to be presented with the predecessor number. And of course, at that point, it's easy to compute predecessor. Um, we can quibble a little bit. We have to be a tiny bit careful. Uh, if we're in a lazy uh, evaluation, if we have a um, lazy operational semantics for our language, or a call by name in lambda calculus terms, uh, then then it's fine that this perigo number perigo predecessor, uh, the predecessor enabled by this perigo encoding will be constant time, but the the perigo encoding still kind of nominally goes off and recursively computes the value for the the subdata. So it's actually going to recursively compute the predecessor of the predecessor which you don't care about at all when you're trying to compute the predecessor of the current number. You don't need it's the predecessor of its predecessor. You just want its own predecessor. So um, that value is, the Perigo encoding is designed to compute the rec recursively, compute the value for the tail of, or the, you know, the subdata, as well as give you the subdata for you to use as you wish. So, oops-a-daisies, sorry, on my commute, I have an ambulance, just a second here. Um, so, uh, this is um, this is distracting. Is what this is. Just a minute. Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, so the Perigo encoding is sort of attempting to do this computation of the recursive value for the predecessor, and in a call by a name or a lazy operational semantics, that value because it is discarded, your combining function for predecessor doesn't use it. It just returns the predecessor that it's given as this extra argument. So uh, lazy operational semantics will just won't actually go off and compute that that uh, predecessor, the predecessor, and you will have a constant time predecessor function just as desired. If you're in an eager evaluation in semantics or call by value, then you will have to do something just a tiny bit different to make sure that you don't actually go off and recursively compute the value for the predecessor number unless you actually want it, and so that 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 can be pretty easily done. Um, in fact, I have a paper called, uh, actually I forget what it's called, Efficiency of Lambda Encodings in Total Type Theory or something like this. It's a journal of functional programming paper from a few years ago, from like 2016. And that goes through, that's a totally accessible paper that goes through, I mean, that's not some dense theoretical tome. It's just like code walkthroughs of uh, programs written using Perigo encoding, for example. So if you're interested in that, you might consider taking a look at that paper. Uh, it's on my website. Anyhow, um, so uh, so that's the Perigo encoding in review and with a few more details discussed here. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention is that sort of other ways of viewing this sort of church encoding and Perigo encoding, um, some people view, and I think this is a good way to think about this, are saying that the church encoding, you're defining data as their own iterators, where an iterator is just a fold, okay? Whereas with the Perigo encoding, you're defining data as its own recursor, where a recursor, it does what the Perigo encoding does. It says you get the, you write a combining function that's given the recursively computed values for the subdata, immediate subdata, and the immediate subdata themselves. And that's handy for certain cases like just trying to return the immediate subdata and other, other functions that might want to um, might want to do that as part of some other recursion. So, um, so iterators versus recursors. 
the iterator does not get to see the immediate subdata. It only gets to see the recursively computed value for the immediate subdata. Whereas recursor gets both the immediate subdata and the recursively computed value, and which is very handy. So that's one point. And sometimes, you know, so where the the uh, iterator in categorical terminology um, is called a catamorphism, the recursor in categorical or in sort of um, <laughs> terminology within the functional programming literature inspired by category theory is called a paramorphism. It's called a paramorphism. Um, so, uh, so that's that's sort of two points kind of related to these encodings. Another important point about the Perigo encoding that that is not as serious a problem as some people might think, but it is uh, it is a bit of a downside, is that if you print out the normal form of a Perigo encoded piece of data, it's going to be exponential size. Okay, so now I, this, you know notice how I've specified this. Like a, a decent implementation is going to do enough um, graph sharing that. Uh, you're not going to have need exponential space uh, in practice. But if you actually printed out the Perigo encoding without doing some kind of, if you just printed it out in sort of the natural naive way, it will be exponential space. And the reason for that is pretty easy to see. It's like each, um, you know, to achieve this thing where the combining function gets the predecessor, it means that the number itself when you look at how it's lambda encoding, it lambda encoded, it says I take in this combining function, let's call it S, I take in the interpretation of zero, let's call it Z, and then I'm gonna sit there and apply S to Z a bunch of times. But actually wait, I'm not gonna apply it just by itself because I have to give that predecessor value in there with each application. So every time I apply this combining function Z, I being the lambda encoding here, um, which is what I always like to dress up as for Halloween, uh, the Sorry, don't don't actually like don't actually like Halloween. But if I went to a fancy dress party, I'd, maybe I'd go as a lambda encoding. The uh, anyhow, you you give that combining function the predecessor at each point. So if I have three or something like that, I have successor of successor of successor of zero. That's all fine and good. But each of those successors, that that would be the church encoding. But I actually, have to write successor of two applied to successor of one applied to successor of zero applied to z. You see what I mean? It's like, again, sorry for the usual problem about talking through some of these things on the air. But the point is, you got to sprinkle the predecessor numbers all through your number. And each of those predecessor numbers recursively does the same thing. You know, if you say, oh, my number is three, so I've got successor of two of blah, 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 blah. Well, that two itself says, oh, I'm successor of one of blah, blah, blah. And so you get this um, tree structure for your encoded data that is actually exponential size. So um, that's, again, that's, that's actually, actually it is an inconvenient problem. If you're actually trying to work with these things and you have to print out your results as Lambda terms, it's going to like fill your screen. So that's, that's not cool. Um, but uh, in practice, though, it doesn't, it's, it's workable because graph sharing is going to keep that blow up from actually happening. You're going to have a compact, you'll have a linear space representation in memory. Okay, I reached my destination. Need to go teach class. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope all is well for you wherever you are.